Father, we are grateful to you. We thank you for an occasion like this. We thank you for the work on the cross. We thank you for the sacrifice. We thank you for the pain you went through. We thank you for the deliverance you have brought to us. And we thank you that you are seated on the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. We thank you for this morning as we are gathered in your name. We pray that you speak to us in your own way. Touch us at our point of needs. And strengthen us in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. My name is Matthew Simmons. And I'm grateful to be with you this morning. For us to go through the Easter story. The Easter story is the most important story for every Christian. Yes, the birth of Jesus marked a beginning when God came down to earth. But Easter brought our salvation. Jesus went through sacrifices to bring us our salvation. And the most important sacrifice was the death on the cross. It's interesting that a good man dies and we call it good news. But the good news is not just because he died, but because he rose again. That gives us hope that in every situation, there is hope for us. Death is not the ultimate. It's not the end. There is more than death. Today, we want to look again at the Easter story and pick just a few lessons. We know about the death on the cross. We know about Jesus dealing with the problem of sin. By his death on the cross, we are forgiven. And sin is no more a problem because when we go to him, he's able to save us, cleanse us perfectly. When we receive Jesus Christ, God no more sees our sin. Whenever God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He does not judge us based on who we are or whatsoever we have done. God judges us and sees us through Christ. But today, I want us to look at something else in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16, we read. So the Bible talks after, that after Jesus died, he rose, he went to heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God the Father, where he intercedes for us. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 tells us what Jesus is doing. He says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us live our lives consistent with our confession of faith. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Instead, we have one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet he never sinned. So let us keep on coming boldly to the throne of grace, so that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Amen. Bible says that Jesus is seated in the heavens interceding for us. Bible says that 
He's not a high priest who has never gone through what we are going through. But everything we go through, Jesus had gone through it. He experienced every pain, every situation that we go through. And so he's able to sympathize because he knows the story. He understands the story better than we do. And so when, whenever we go to Jesus with our issues, sometimes it looks like, Jesus, you don't understand me. But he understands. He went through the same. Bible says, in, uh, describes in Isaiah 53, man of sorrows, acquainted with shame or acquainted with pain. Man of sorrows. It means that he's gone through sorrow many times. Jesus' life, he had got to go through sorrow many times that it, it became normal. He was acquainted with pain. Going through pain was normal for him. He was used to it. When he sees pain, he says, yeah, this is my friend. We, we are bedmates. He's gone through pain so many times that he understands pain. And so whenever we go through any pain and we go to Jesus, he's able to sympathize and he's able to help us. Today, I want us to look at five emotional pains that Jesus went through in the sacrifice on the cross, the Easter story. So quickly, we'll just look at five emotional pains Jesus went through. Here, the story the Bible tells us about Jesus after washing the feet of the disciples after the communion. He knew he would be betrayed. Bible says that his heart was filled with sorrow. He was feeling so sorrowful that he told the disciples, let's go to the mountain and pray. They got to the mountain. He called the three, his closest friends. He says, can you get closer with me and pray with me? He needed support. He needed somebody to stand with him. Bible says he went a little further, fell on his face and started praying, crying his heart out. When he came back, his close friends were asleep. They couldn't be bothered. He woke them up. He says, couldn't you even wait for just one hour? He went back, came, they were sleeping. Went, came the third time, he said, let's go. I mean, nothing can be done now. It's too late. The enemy is already at the gate. What are we talking about? We're talking about a situation of loneliness. Sometimes we go through a situation of loneliness where you are with your friends. But you feel alone. It's different. Loneliness is different from being alone. Loneliness is a situation where you feel like there is nobody for you. You are standing alone in a situation. There are people around you sometimes. But there's nobody who really understands your situation. There are times that you are unable to even explain what you're going through. Sometimes it's psychological, it's mental. You can't explain to anybody to really understand. This is Jesus, the all-powerful one. And yet he says, I, 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 my heart is so sorrowful, I'm afraid even of death. For the first time, Jesus who raises the dead was afraid of death. He needed somebody to stand with him, but there was nobody to stand with him. We go through that situation sometimes where we just need somebody to talk to. Sometimes we don't even get, you are talking to somebody and you realize the person is absent-minded. What you are talking to about is, I mean, the person doesn't even see the pain. But the Bible says that Jesus is acquainted with us. When we go to Jesus, he understands our pain. And so loneliness is not something that is strange to Jesus. Loneliness is not a situation where we cannot go to Jesus for him to address. So, Whenever you feel in that situation, in 
John chapter 16, verse 32, Jesus told the disciples ahead of this. He said, the time is coming when you all leave me, but I'm not alone because the Father is with me. Amen. When we go through these situations, whenever we go through a situation of loneliness, we should know that God is with us. It may look like there is nobody. Sometimes you even pray and it looks like your prayer is bouncing back to you. But despite all the experience, despite what you feel, the truth is that God will never leave you. Amen. The second pain Jesus went through was betrayal. We saw how Judas, who was very close to Jesus because he was in charge of Jesus' finances. The one who keeps Jesus' purse. So if Jesus needs anything, he just has to tell Judas, can we get this? So he understands Jesus' expenditure, his needs. When he got to the garden, he went to him and kissed him. That tells you how close he was. But Psalm 55 explains the pain Jesus went through when Judas betrayed him. He said, if it were an enemy, I would understand it. I would be able to bear it if it were an enemy who is betraying me. But it is you, my close friend, the one we eat together. We share everything together. And yet you have turned against me. Sometimes the pain of betrayal is because of the one who is betraying you. And sometimes when people betray us, it is because the, the situation is such that they don't know. Sometimes it's for their advantage. Sometimes it's also because they don't really know exactly how to handle the situation and they think that let's save ourselves and so they betray you but whatsoever it is jesus has gone through that pain of betrayal one important thing about the betrayal is this that the end result was good in um, genesis chapter 50 verse um genesis chapter 50 verse 20 joseph described his betrayal by his brothers when his brothers came to him to plead with him to forgive him he said you planned it for evil but the same plan you had god worked in that plan when you were planning evil god was using it to plan for good to bring salvation to many when judas planned jesus betrayal god was working in that betrayal to bring salvation to all of us to bring salvation to mankind when you feel betrayed don't go bitter. Don't go fighting. Turn to God. Jesus understands that situation very well. And he knows how to turn what looks negative to your advantage. Bible says all things work together for the good of them that love God. So whenever we get to that situation where we feel betrayed, we should know that we are not alone. Jesus understands that situation very well. And he is able to get us through. Another experience of Jesus and his death in the Easter story was that he was deserted. The Bible says he was with his disciples in the garden after praying. When Judas and the gang came to arrest him. And um, Mark's version is very interesting. Bible says that when the people came in to arrest him, all the disciples fled. They left him. And there was this young man who was in a linen cloth. And one of the soldiers tried to arrest him. So he held the man's cloth. He ran away, leaving the cloth naked. He didn't bother about running away naked. I mean, to save his skin was more important than going, running away naked. This man was with Jesus. But when it came to 
being arrested as part of Jesus' disciples. He couldn't stand it. You know, sometimes it gets to a point where you expect that some people will stand with you. But when it gets to the most difficult, everybody finds a way out. I've been a unionist for some time, work, well, um, workers' union and so on. And I understand the situation where sometimes when it comes to the chobe and the noise, behind the scene, you get people supporting when you have to face the difficult situations, you see people making excuses why they cannot be there. They will be telling you, hey, let's do this. Let's fight. Let's go this way. Let's go this way. Then you get to the point where, yes, we have to take that tough decision, that rough road. Then you get to the place in the morning and this person says, oh, I have a headache. I couldn't come to work. I have this. People create the story. Go face it alone. And there are many people who have suffered for that. But you see, Jesus has gone through it before. Before the situation, Peter was swearing, as for me, I will never leave you, even if I have to die. But when the people came, he disappeared. The Bible says in the book of John that the young man who ran away naked was John, the, the apostle. He's a very close friend of Jesus. Even when they were having the communion, he was trying to lean on Jesus. But when it came to death, he ran away naked. We have situations where people will desert us. Not because they are bad people necessarily. Sometimes people desert us because they don't have that strength to be able to stand. But then sometimes when people desert us, we shouldn't feel bitter. Sometimes when people desert us, it's simply because their help couldn't even be helpful. Initially, Peter tried to solve the problem. He took the sword to cut somebody's ear. That would have worsened the situation. It is like trying to force uh, a butterfly out of the cocoon. You break it, the butterfly flies out, but then in a short time, the butterfly will die. It has to come out naturally. There are situations where God doesn't want anybody to help you. If people had helped you at that time, if people had stood with you, probably you wouldn't be where you are. Probably you would have been far down. But because you were able to struggle it out, God was able to help you this far. Without those people standing with you, he has been able to bring you this far. If you, we are able to understand this, that God will be with us, he's the only one who has promised, I will never leave you. Neither will you forsake, will I forsake you. The book of James says that, therefore we may boldly say, Hebrews chapter 12, God is our helper. God is our helper. There are situations that God could let people leave us so that we will know him better. And so whenever you are, find yourself in a situation where you feel deserted, where you feel like there's nobody standing with you, you should know that you can always turn to Jesus and he will always be there for you. Amen. The fourth situation we are very much aware of is the denial. Peter made all the promises. I will be with you even if it means death. I will stand with you. He meant it. He was not joking. When he was saying, making those promises, he believed he could stand by it. But when reality dawned, the situation was different. He realized that he can't stand the situation and he has to deny Jesus. Sometimes, yes, it happens that way. You have done something with some people and you just need them to confirm that this is the situation. People get to court and the story change. Before court, they will urge you, this one, we have to go to court. I'll be a key witness for you. They get to court and they see the situation 
and they are forced to change their word. And sometimes we go getting bitter against them. We get angry. We are unable to forgive. Whenever we don't forgive somebody, we hold grudges against people. We hold ourselves back. Because as long as you are holding a grudge against somebody, if the person is standing here, you have chained yourself to the person. You cannot move forward. If you let go, then you can let God have his way in your life. Amen. Jesus understood this very well. Despite what Peter did, he just turned when the court crowd and looked at Peter. He just remembered. I told you, you can't stand it. When he came back from death, the first thing he did was go to Peter, reassured him, I'm not holding it against you. I have forgiven you. He asked Peter, do you still love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, take care of my sheep. When we learn to forgive people, and turn rather to God. Despite the situation, Jesus is able to bring out the best in us. The last one I talk about is rejection. Here is Jesus who has been going around healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead, performing miracles. I mean, man of the people, solving their problems. Then suddenly, he has been arrested. The same crowd who were celebrating him when he was entering Jerusalem was asked by Pilate, a complete stranger. There are two people, Jesus of Nazareth and Barabbas, a criminal. Who do you want me to set free? He said, set the criminal free. He said, then what do I do with Jesus of Nazareth? He said, crucify him. There comes to a point where we go through the sense of rejection. Jesus was rejected by people he has sacrificed his life for. He has been with these people solving their problems naturally you would think at this moment the people will mass up and give him the support but no the very people he has been solving their problems turned around against him they rejected him why do we go through rejection there are so many reasons sometimes people reject us simply because they get some false information about us prejudice so they know you to be this very good person they get to hear something about you negative then the attitude towards you change so the very people who were smiling with you yesterday, today you get to them and they are all pulling away. Sometimes it's just because they have a wrong information. And sometimes when we see that we get angry, we get bitter, why are they treating me this way? No, Jesus understands what it means to be rejected. When the people you have sacrificed for are rejecting you, he looks at the bigger picture and he knows how to let you raise your head beyond the situation around and look at the bigger picture. Sometimes, yes, many people go through the sense of rejection, a sense of not feeling wanted or you feel like you are not accepted. Sometimes you feel like I'm inadequate if I could have done better. Sometimes you feel like my good is not enough. I've done enough. I've done so much, but it's not appreciated. Sometimes you get to the point where you feel like I've done enough so much sacrifice that people should appreciate the sacrifices. But at the time you think that they should appreciate your sacrifice, then they think to turn against you. Sometimes you get to the point where you think everybody has forgotten about you. Oh, once upon a time, everybody was coming to me. Now where are they? At my point of need, you feel rejected. Yes, when you feel rejected, it doesn't mean that God has forgotten you. Sometimes it is the time to lift you to the next stage. It is because you are getting too comfortable in your comfort zone. And God wants to take you to the next level. If Jesus had felt or has stayed or the people have accepted Jesus, 
he wouldn't be the Lord of Lords that we are worshiping today. He would have been a king in Judah somewhere, a limited scope. But today he is the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. He reigns over the whole world simply because he did not limit himself to the acceptance of the people, but gave himself up to God's will. Sometimes when we feel rejected, we should know this, that because sometimes we are better than the situation we are asking for acceptance. You are an eagle trying to play with chicks. They reject you and you feel like, why are they rejecting me? Because you are better than them. You don't fit in there. And God causes sometimes a rejection so that we will be able to fly to where we belong. Sometimes you look back and you realize how far God has brought you. And you realize that if it hadn't been for that rejection, you wouldn't have been where you are today. Sometimes acceptance will limit you. But when you are rejected, it makes you become better. You realize that, okay, if I have this and I can do it, it pushes you to go further. So sometimes rejection is not a negative. It depends on how we look at it. If we look at Jesus, we raise our eyes to look at Jesus, we will be able to know that even rejection can be very positive. Amen. Bible says in Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the hills. From whence come my help? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and earth. Sometimes we get to the situation where we lift our eyes to the hills. We tend to look at somebody who is sitting at a high place. We say, this person can help me. So we lift our eyes to people at a good position. That this person will be my help. This person can support me here. But our help does not come from the hills. Our help comes from the Lord. So yes, there's nothing wrong about lifting your eyes to the hills. There's nothing wrong about going to the person you believe who can help you. But don't depend on that person. Because our help does not come from the hills. Our help comes from the Lord. The hills are limited. People have limitations. Sometimes people want to help you. But they cannot. They are limited. Sometimes people can help you. But they don't want to help you. Sometimes people want to help you and they can help you, but some situation can happen that can change the situation that they cannot help you again. But there is a God who is not limited by circumstances. Even death could not keep him in the grave. Nothing can limit this God. The Bible says that our God, he never sleeps nor slumber. There's no occasion where he can take his eyes off you. If we will look up to this Jesus, in every situation that we go through, he will be able to lift us up to the next stage. God has done it even in his, Jesus' own story. I mean, sometimes the person you depend on and you look up to is not there. But God, when Jesus needed to carry his cross and he was so weak and tired, the best person to have carried the cross was Simon Peter, who is his close friend. But Simon Peter was missing. God raised Simon of Cyrene to carry the cross. The fact that Simon Peter is not there does not mean the situation is lost. There will be a Simon of Cyrene you don't know anywhere who will still come in to help. When Jesus died on the cross and he needs to be buried, we couldn't find Joseph, his father. A firstborn who is not married needs to be buried by the father. We don't know whether Joseph was dead or alive, but somehow God was able to raise a Joseph of Arimathea to come and solve the problem when the need arises. Sometimes your Joseph that you know will not be available for you, but God knows how to raise another Joseph for you. When Jesus rose from the dead, early in the morning, even before he was buried, because he was buried hastily, he could not be anointed, he could not be well embalmed. 
there was a Mary Magdalene who went ahead to do that work. And when he rose in the morning, his mother Mary was comfortable in the home of John because Jesus has handed over Mary, his mother, to John to take care of. And Mary, Jesus' mother, was comfortable there. But there was a Mary Magdalene who was at the grave. Don't focus on what you already know. Focus on God. He knows how to raise solutions where there are no solutions. On the dry ground, he's able to make plants grow out of the dry ground. All I'm saying this morning is that let's lift our eyes to the hills, but we should know that our help is not from the hills. It may come from the hills, but then the source is always God. Amen. Let's stand on our feet and pray. Easter has brought us the solution. Easter is the best story for every Christian. It is when God came down himself, became man, to go through the pain that men go through, to go through the pain that human beings go through. He understands our situation. He understands every pain we go through. Physical pain, psychological pain, mental pain, emotional pain, every situation that we go through, there is none that is strange to him. And Bible says that he is able to sympathize with us. God's sympathy is not like a man's sympathy who just say it is well and go back to sleep. God's sympathy goes beyond man's sympathy. He's able to raise us up and get us up to a better situation. If you feel like you need and you have a need for prayer, you want to be prayed for in any situation, just take a step forward. Let us pray together. Let's talk to this our God who understands us. If you feel the need to be prayed with, just move forward. Let's hold hands and pray together to this our God who understands us. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you that you understand us. We thank you that you can sympathize with us. And we thank you that you raise help where there is no help. We thank you that you are a present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid even when the mountains are moved. You will always be there for us. Thank you for the sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for the pain you went through. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.